welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Dave Batista along with Web Minister Nathan Jones and we're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale Station. So we ask that you keep us in prayer. Our subject matter for today will be that of Bible Prophecy Light in the Darkness, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And Lord, just we ask that you reveal your truth, help us understand who you are, and bless all those who are listening and watching. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Save Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Dave Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about Light in the Darkness, 2 Peter 1.19. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Save Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN. 8.32. And of course, we have a great program lined up for you, so we ask that you keep us in prayer. And those of you that would like to participate in today's program, our local number is 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. 321-363-8463. For those of you that are watching us live via tweetcasting.tv, twave.tv, you can actually post your questions or your comments there on the screen. For Nathan or myself, and we'll be able to see those. And of course, before we continue today's first segment of this program, I'm going to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Light Ministry. Nathan Jones, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Hey, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to have you on. And of course, I also want to wish you a late uh, Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah. Happy Easter to you too, brother. It's, it's just, uh, we have a fantastic weekend. Lots of things going on, and I think it's one of the, the greatest weekends of the year to get the gospel message out. Nathan, I am in agreement with you, because this is one of the greatest celebrations that we really need to celebrate, because it means so much uh, to us. So, Nathan, did you spend a nice time? Did you guys uh, have any traditions that you normally do for Easter? I went to a few different church services, all passion, play, and... Um, also, of course, went to the church and all, but uh, I wasn't in the driver's seat not, or preaching or teaching like you guys who are full-time pastors. I'm sure your weekend was quite busy. It was. It was a lot of fun, though. We actually did a combined service with another Calvary Chapel in Spanish, Capilla Calvario Broward, and uh, we had a nice potluck, and we had a number of visitors come, so it's always a fun time, Nathan. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I hope that folks are finding a good church and joining things like that. It's, it's a shame that a new trend is, especially with internet, to, to be kind of islands and not go to church anymore, do everything online. It's really important for people to have a church fellowship where they can grow and have accountability and worship the Lord with other Christians. Absolutely, Nathan. And you're absolutely right. We love internet television. We actually broadcast live as well. But there's nothing uh, like the live fellowship of the brothers and sisters. So I, I am fully in agreement with you on that, Nathan. Amen. Yeah, so uh, so Nathan, also, you know, today we, we've been talking about a lot of incredible subject matters in our previous programs, uh, but before we continue today's segment of the program, maybe someone is new to Lamb and Lion Ministry, they're not aware of all the wonderful things that you do, would you take a minute to share with our viewers and our listeners regarding your ministry and how they can get a hold of these wonderful resources? Certainly. Well, I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries for a Bible prophecy ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And so we cover the 31% of the Bible that most churches really don't talk about unless you go to a Calvary Chapel. And that's the, the God's prophetic word, and that's the Bible prophecy. And so we believe that Jesus is coming soon, so we study Bible prophecy, and we help churches who 
who feel that you know they don't understand it well, or they they like us to come in, do conferences and speaking engagements, and all they also watch our TV show Christ and Prophecy and get resources off our website, which is lamblion.com. And I invite anybody who wants to know more about God's prophetic word, check us out lamblion.com. We have a wealth of Bible prophecy information there. Absolutely, thank you so much, Nathan Jones and. Uh... Uh, you guys are also preparing for your conference in July. I have that here on the website. Nathan, can you briefly talk to us? I see a beautiful lineup of individuals that are going to be sharing this year. Yeah, we have uh, quite a good lineup. We're very pleased. Uh, we have an uh, annual conference hosted here in the Dallas area, and we have about 1,000 people attending. But what we also do is uh, we stream it, and folks can watch it from anywhere they're at. And we also encourage pastors to uh, stream it and their churches and they can have their own Bible prophecy conference. We provide the speakers and the stream. They just have to have the, the venue and the high-speed internet connection. And so we're uh, contacting quite a number of churches and asking if they want to be satellite conferences for this conference. We have uh, you know, fantastic speakers like Robert Jeffers, uh, Kelly Shackelford, Bob Russell, Tim Wildman, Al Gist, and of course um, our own Dr. David Reagan. That is awesome. So thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that. Those of you that are watching us live via TwigCasting.tv, TWave.tv, man, I pray that if you find yourself in the Texas, Dallas area to uh, drop in and be part of the conference. Nathan, where our prayer always is to see if we can stream it every year or maybe be part of it in other ways. So I, I'm actually already getting excited. Excellent, excellent. Well, we would encourage churches to do this. I think it's a great resource to team up where churches can have their own Bible prophecy conference. All they have to do is just have a high-speed connection and stream it and area that folks can view it, maybe in their, their sanctuary or something like that. And that way, the churches get a whole conference and they also have an outreach and we provide a service to the churches out there. And, of course, the individuals who are at home either watching it you know, on their computers or or mobile devices or whatever, and so it's just a, the technology we have today to reach people for Christ is amazing, and, and like you, we want to try to use it all and utilize it to get uh, the gospel out to people. And well, Nathan, that, that's exactly why I really love all the resources uh, that you guys offer, because it's really amazing the way that you're also uh, using technology. And uh, you know, some of my favorites are your small video clips. Uh, those things are so short but so informative that it's, it's amazing. Yeah, our Bible Prophecy Insights videos are meant to give people a, a small dose of Bible prophecy under one or just one minute, and uh, then they can come back to our website and learn more about the topic. And we produce six of those videos. I'd like to produce a lot more, but unfortunately, our computer animator is working on a major movie right now about Genesis. He's going to wow. cover Genesis chapter one through three. It's called the Genesis series. Uh, check out their website; it is beautiful and has lots of video clips and. We strongly support this project and Genesis series when it comes out. It's going to be an amazing movie that should help people understand how God is the creator and that we can trust the Bible as God's word. I love it. The Genesis series. Well, we're absolutely going to keep that in prayer, uh, Nathan. And, of course, uh, there's just a lot of wonderful things happening out there. And our audience uh, needs to know because this way they can take advantage and be part of these wonderful things. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful information with us. And, Nathan, as we look at... Um, our subject matter for today, we know that Bible prophecy is so important, yet there's so many that they are refraining from, teach, from teaching Bible prophecy. Uh, many leaders and pastors, they just don't think that it's important. And uh, as we are make our way uh, to Second uh, Peter chapter 1, uh, also a little side note, Nathan, you guys have been doing some incredible interviews in Lamb and Lion with Bible prophecy experts regarding the importance of teaching Bible prophecy, right? 
Exactly. Now, we've taken uh, at the major conference called the Pre-Church Study Group. It's held here in Dallas every uh, December. And uh, we interview different uh, professors and Bible teachers and TV personalities and get their take on what they think about various subjects related to Bible prophecy. And you're right. One of them was, you know, why is Bible prophecy important? And, and they tell you why. And it, I think for me, it's a 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. In other words, God has dedicated almost a third of the Bible so that we can understand what the future uh, has in store for us. And it's all good news. It's that Jesus Christ is returning. He's going to set up his kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. Evil will be defeated, and we will rule and reign with Christ as his uh, heirs, he calls us, not servants, but heirs. And uh, that we have a fantastic future ahead of us, and we want people to have hope. We, we get hope from knowing that we have a bright future ahead. You know, uh, Nathan, that's why I think that um, individuals need to recognize that, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes what the picture that is portrayed out there in terms of Bible prophecy is not always accurate. And what we need to do is always go to God's Word to be able to find out uh, what God has to say, the importance of Bible prophecy, and really how it relates for today. And I think Peter uh, does an incredible job here in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, beginning on verse 16. And now we're going to see, Nathan, maybe you can read for us there those opening verses 16 up through 18 of First Peter, and then we can talk a little bit about those. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'll read from the New King James. It's, uh, For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were I witnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to heaven from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Mm, amazing. So Nathan, here we find uh, Peter uh, writing these incredible uh, passages regarding Bible prophecy. And, uh, you know, I love because verse 16 says how we did not follow cunning devised fables. Can you talk to us about yeah. that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, the gospel messages, the apostles brought it around the, around the Mediterranean, and uh, they were sharing it with people who never heard anything about Jesus or right. God or, or anything like that. They were raised in Greek and Roman myths of superhero-type characters like Zeus and Athena and, and all those other gods and goddesses, and all of a sudden, you know, the apostles show up, and they're sharing this good news of Jesus Christ, and people are like, what? What are you talking about, you know? And, and so uh, they're, they're saying, no, we didn't, we're not telling you fake stories, and we're not making this up. And that's the reason is that the apostles were first-hand witnesses. They were there, they saw everything from beginning to end of Jesus' ministry, and they went out into the world and shared that, uh, which we call now the good news. Yeah, you know, Nathan, I love that because, uh, you know, back in those days, even when Jesus died, Nathan, and we just celebrated resurrection, they actually started rumors about uh, him coming back to life as well, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, it, uh, part of the cover-up when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and came out of the tomb is that the uh, high priest paid the guards Right. to say that they were asleep or that the apostles came and stole the body while they were asleep. Now, what Roman guard is going to go around telling everybody that uh, they slept through their, their duty, you know? That was a offense. <laughs> the Romans, seriously, man, they, they, you could be killed for, for falling asleep on duty. And uh, 
but uh, they must have bribed him well or something because the Romans went out and they told everybody, oh yeah, you know, we fell asleep and that's when the apostles snuck down, by <laughs> a stone out of the way and took his body out of the tomb and, and created a legend that Jesus rose from the dead, which is absolute nonsense. And that is definitely one of the, the fables out there that the enemy has put out to try to drown the real truth of the message of God and yeah. life story. Nathan, what a great point. And that's why we call those fables, because anyone that does some research and just the weight of that stone, right, Nathan, that was rolled in the mouth of that tomb, I mean, it took a cranes to move that thing, right? It took quite a lot of men to push that in. I've seen estimates of it, and, you know, they're talking close to one to two tons, and you would need quite a, a whole troop of Roman soldiers just to, to push that stone in front and close it. And this spoke, they're trying to pass off the fact that, well, the fact, the fable, let's say, that the apostles showed up while the Romans were sleeping and all grunted and groaned and had the crunch out of that stone being rolled away from the tomb, sneaking in the tomb, taking a body out and sneaking away while the Romans slept? I mean, that is absolute nonsense. But to this day, people that reject the Bible will, will believe in that lie. You know, they, and that's why it, it's... Uh, and people, like you said, they still rather believe in fables than the truth of the Word of God. And yet, right there in uh, verse 16, Peter talks about how he was an eyewitness of this account. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, that's what's very important about this, is that it's not Mohammed sitting in a cave saying that he saw uh, an angel come and give him the news. It's not Joseph Smith who was up in a mountain and said that someone gave him these golden tablets. And they're not just these one guy out there saying they saw something, and for some reason some people believe in with Christianity. You have eyewitness accounts. You have not only the 12 apostles, but all the disciples. You have 500 people who, who testified to Jesus being resurrected from the dead and saw him after his death. You have historians from that time period who record the fact that Jesus, uh, there was a news about Jesus being resurrected. Uh, when Paul talked to uh, various Roman officials, he said, hey, this is something you've never heard of before. Right. This is widely known. The testimony to Jesus Christ being the Son of God who was crucified, resurrected, and lives today. There are, there are witnesses. There are, now, biblically, you only needed two, two witnesses to substantiate a story. But here we have well over 500 that were there that day and then. And, to top it off, when they went out and shared that message, they were willing to die for that message. Mm. Now, how many people died excruciatingly for a lie? Mm. You know, Nathan, that is an excellent point because I know I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, we, we have friends that they always would say, man, I got your back, right, Nathan? I'm too trouble, sorry. <laughs> and you turn around, there was nobody back there. Exactly. And the apostles died hardly. As a matter of fact, this is Peter's last message. Uh, previous verses talk about his approaching death. And Peter was crucified upside down. And crucifixion is the worst death, uh, most painful death out there. And uh, the Romans knew how to use it well. And Peter was willing to die on the cross for the fact that he knew the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. And that means something. That's important. People don't die for a lie. They die for the truth. And every one of the apostles, except for John, died a horrible, gruesome death because they wanted to share the gospel and that they believed in wholeheartedly was the truth that they were eyewitnesses of what happened. Absolutely, Nathan. That, what a great point that people lie, die uh, for the truth. I mean, we have Christians being killed right now, Nathan, as we're talking, right? In different parts of the world, and they're dying for truth. Yeah, they're not dying for a lie. They're dying because they believe that Jesus Christ 
is their Savior. Something happened in their lives called salvation that That's changed right. who they were into a new life. They know Jesus firsthand. They know without seeing him that, that he's the real deal and they're willing to die for it. And brother, I hope when the time comes, you and I are willing to die for it as well. Well, Nathan, I tell you, that's why we're doing these programs is to encourage individuals how Bible prophecy is light in the darkness because people need to recognize persecution is coming, Nathan. I mean, it's at our door, even in our country, the United States of America. So that could, that could possibly come to that point where you and I might end up, up being put in a position where we're going to have to make a decision for Christ. Right, Nathan? Right, right. I mean, certainly the political pressure is on as the country sides with uh, definitely unbiblical teachings. And we've seen, especially when Indiana passed a law that was already a federal law and, and 30 some other states also had it, that supported the right to the First Amendment freedom of religion. Can you believe that? That the entire country almost went berserk saying, how dare we have freedom of religion? We have seen our country turn on our own foundational moral standards. And so the, the victims will end up being the Christians. I think we'll be persecuted quite well uh, in the public realm, uh, verbally and, and in the media, but also politically and through laws that will be enacted against us. But uh, actual physical uh, death, you know, uh, like at the hands of ISIS, for instance, like those who are experiencing in the Middle East, will that be coming soon? Uh, brother, I pray not. I pray that America will still stand as a bastion of freedom for all religions and, and Christians can feel safe here, but when that falls, I just don't see where there's a place for Christians to go to in the world where they'll be safe. And I believe that sets us up for the coming tribulation period where we know that nowhere in the world will Christians be safe during that time period. Absolutely. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, we know, uh, again, there in verse 13, that they were eyewitnesses uh, of His Majesty. And not only that, but uh, we know Thomas, Doubting Thomas, and others, right, Nathan? Not only did they were the eyewitnesses, but some of them actually were able to touch uh, the Lord. They wanted to see that He was for real. And uh, we find uh, Peter was one of those. In 1 John chapter 1, uh, the Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning uh, the word of life. And that's what Peter's talking about, uh, right, Nathan? Exactly. Mark even gives an example. He talks about uh, how he saw uh, uh, Jesus, where God says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Yes. In other words, uh, at the Transfiguration, Jesus took Peter, James, and John out the mountain. And there, Jesus kind of revealed part of his glory. And he also had uh, Moses and Elijah there in their glorified bodies. And they're standing before, for, and the apostles are just like, right. you know, they're kind of. Yeah, they don't know what to say. Peter said something stupid like, shall I set some tents up for them? He didn't know what to say. It, it was amazing. And then God's voice boomed out of the sky. Uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And they heard that voice and they got to experience the voice of God and God through Jesus Christ. And so they were witnesses. Remember, they were so 100% sure that Jesus Christ was the real Theodore that they died for because they feared the punishment of God for denying Jesus Christ more than dying for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Very well, the, uh, excellent point, Nathan. And we find again that not that, that not only were there eyewitnesses in here, that's why Peter is so uh, encouraging the believers. We know that the Christians uh, uh, were dispersed uh, according to First uh, Peter chapter one. They were over. They needed encouragement, and there's nothing more encouraging than Bible prophecy, especially for the times in which we're living in. Right, Nathan. 
excellently said, because it's true, we, we live in very difficult times. Uh, the persecution of Christians is the worst in the 21st century. It's like going back to the Roman gladiatorial times. I mean, they are dying by the scores every day across the planet. We're seeing persecution of Christians uh, just increasing and all across the world. And we get bleak. We think, oh man, we must be on a losing side. Uh, God's not powerful enough to defend us. And people start losing faith. But when you study Bible prophecy, then you understand that, you no, know, God is biding his time because he wants all people to come to Jesus Christ as Savior, as many who will accept it. And when that last person finally accepts Jesus, he's ready to rapture the church, to take the church off this earth and up to heaven before he unleashes his wrath upon the world for seven years. Amazing. And that's why, Nathan, that is the, the hope that we're proclaiming today is how much God loves those that are watching and listening. And, and there is still time, Nathan, right, for people to come and avoid that wrath. But that wrath is coming, and God is a righteous God, and he has to punish sin. And, of course, uh, those that have not placed their trust in the Lord who have rebelled against it, they're going to be part of the judgment. And that's not God's intent, right, Nathan, for individuals. Exactly. God doesn't want any perish but all to come to salvation. Now, will all come to salvation? Obviously not. In fact, it'll be a minority. So yes. God is allowing the world events to continue on and on and on until every last person who is supposed to get saved in this age gets saved. So when you say there's, not, there's time, I don't know, man. The, the next person that gets saved might be the last person in this church age. <laughs> I don't know. But when the, when the church is gone, we're out of here. When the Christians are raptured to heaven and there's nobody here left who, who are saved, then the world will say, oh, now I pray that many people get saved afterwards. Yes. But boy, in the seven years I'll have to endure 21 judgments where God basically annihilates the planet over that time period. It's not a time worth living in. And even not the rapture, we could die at any moment too. I, I had a buddy of mine, his mother was just cooking dinner and she slipped on some water, fell, hit her head against the counter, it wow. snapped her neck, died just like that. So we don't know when we could die at any time. Absolutely. And Nathan, I, you know, I, I know we only have about a minute left of this program or two, but I always uh, uh, thank the Lord when you are able to just uh, give an invitation to someone who may be listening or watching that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, but they can begin their relationship right now, right, Nathan? And maybe you can lead someone out there uh, in, in a prayer or a way that where they can start that relationship and, and get that hope that is being offered to them. Certainly, it's an open invitation. Uh, Jesus did all the work. He died on the cross. In other words, by his death, it took the place of our death. Our sins then were on him, and he took that punishment. But we have to accept that gift in faith. We have to yes. say in our hearts and pray, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to forgive us of those sins, to cleanse away the guilt, and to give us a new life and a new hope of an eternal future with him. Amen. And Nathan, thank you for so much for sharing that. And those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, again, you can always get a hold of us, 305-992-9537. You're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about light in the darkness there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And I hope that you're encouraged. If you have trust in the Lord, if you're in need of prayer, get a hold of us, reach out to us. You can actually post there on the blog on TwinCasting.tv. T-Wave, and we'll be more than glad to... Uh, 
uh, get back with you and share more regarding this relationship that you have started uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So Nathan, uh, this is just an incredible, incredible passage, and I know we won't be able to finish it in this segment, but hopefully we can cover some of it on our second segment after we come back from a break. But Nathan, we're so excited because Bible prophecy is indeed uh, that uh, light in the darkness, and uh, it has been for you for many years, right Nathan? Uh, uh, how many years has it been now since the Lord put it in your heart to be part of Bible prophecy? Well, I don't have one of those testimonies where I was saved out of the lifestyle of drugs and gangs and stuff like that. And I used to kind of be a little jealous of those folks that had such a wonderful testimony. But when I look back and think how my mother led me to the Lord at seven years old and I recommitted my faith at wow. And I think how the Lord has walked with me all those years. I praise the Lord for it because he's kept me out of so many trouble that I know if I didn't have the Holy Spirit living me, I would have committed you know, Nathan, and I'm so glad because not everybody has to have a bad testimony, but I like yours. Yours is simple. It's one that is always uh, uh, firm-footed in the relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, that's how God leads us. So I'm so actually excited to know someone like you that has a different testimony. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a blessing to know the Lord all one's life, and I can testify for you know, over 30 years of walking with Jesus Christ and and guiding a path that there's no other way to live than having Jesus Christ guide your steps. Amen. And Nathan, I want to thank you so much for being part of the first segment of, your, of this program and for sharing that short, quick, wonderful testimony. So thank you for joining us for the first segment, Nathan, and it's always great to have you on the program. Great to be on. And of course, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that some of you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program on Big Jesus and Nathan Jones as we have been talking about prophecy light in the darkness. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you.